0: Make room at your Thanksgiving table this November because America's Card Room is coming over and we're bringing over $2.5 million guaranteed. From November 27th to December 6th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 27 cents. And the best part? OSS 5 has over $2.5 million in prize pools including the $1 million guaranteed Million Dollar Sunday tournament. You'll find satellites feeding into every single event including a one million dollar tourney only at America's Cardroom. Okay,
1: welcome to Ask Alex episode 66 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by America'sCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from America'sCardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts or banners on the OneOuter.com website. This will automatically pay you 27% rate back on all your play through your account. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, Facebook group, uh, Facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website for free and also available via iTunes for free. Just search OneOuter Podcast. If you want to send in questions for Alex on the next show, then email questions at OneOuter.com or tweet them or Facebook them to me. Alex, episode 66, how are you today? Better than I deserve, man.
2: How you doing? Ah, you're
1: going to run with that. You said I'm, that I, I, like, <laughs> I, I like that because I've done a bunch
2: of stupid crap in my life, and I'm, like, healthy, and I'm, you know, I'm married to a beautiful woman I love, and, like, I there are a lot of times I wake up, I'm like, man, I do feel a lot better than I deserve. You know what I mean? I think of some of the stupid crap I did to my brain. You know what I mean? Like, Hey man, we're going to smoke weed. Well, do we have anything? Well, let's just use a pop can for the 45th time and see if we can get the pain off of this. You know? <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, you know,
1: I, I like, no, it's a case. Sorry to thing. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off air about it and stuff as well. And, kind of like when you said that there, I was like, oh, are you going to run that? But it is kind of poignant if you sort of think of like, we were me and Alex were talking before the show and I was like, oh, there's a few questions in and anything else we got to touch on. Usually Alex has got tons, you know, he's, he's wanting to say or promote, but he's like, no, no, just let, let's do the questions and we'll chat. But then we said, oh, like Paris, obviously it'd be weird if we didn't talk about that. And just like that comment, like you saying that it kind of makes you think like how many people were
2: these, yeah, yeah right. like,
1: like, like probably you know like you say like lived clean whatever great lives great people and and just like wiped out yeah like, better people than us yeah on. yeah i was gonna yeah, <laughs> I, I was wanting to say that yeah better people than us yeah. and uh just like wiped out in an instant and uh you know like any not just french listeners i know we got a lot of french guys listening to the show and stuff but it's just crazy i mean the more and more you watch stuff like this now and the way the world's going it's like it's like a real life 24 or homeland or something yeah. now. It's like, you know. It's, pretty, oh, it's, it's crazy.
2: bizarre. It's, uh. Well, I mean, the weird thing to me was that I have a French student who's a Parisian, like, and then, uh. You know, like, I, 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 like, uh. You know, I, I got a hold of him on Skype, on his phone, but, like, I couldn't get, I, I mean, excuse me, I couldn't get a hold of him, right? At first, when that happened, he lives in that district. In, like, that was what, you know, I'd always seen it on TV and been really affected. And it's like, God, God forbid, I, I'd seen some videos of, like, people dying. Like, I mean, that had made me tear up. Like, I, I, they didn't show this in the States that much. But, like, they, during the World Trade Center bombings, there was a, attacks. There there were, like, people, like, jumping from the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? And stuff like that was just, like, there were, like, families. Uh, not families, but, like, a like a husband and wife, like, holding hands before they jump because they knew the thing was going to fall and they couldn't get in. And, like, that stuff, like, that was just too much. But, like, to know somebody and, like, he had, like, this uh, Evernote file and I'd never seen anything more complete in my life with all of his goals and all of these newspaper clippings and he was all – he just, like – he just cherishes life, right? Like he, he really deserves to live because he's just a very uh, he, he's he he's just very passionate about the people he loves and everything. And you know the idea, like and sure enough, I found out the next day he was about to go out that night in that district, and uh, at the last minute, his wife and him or excuse me, his girlfriend and him, like just to said, you know, we're going to stay home and watch Netflix tonight. and Like who, <laughs> you know, just a innocuous decision. Like you make every day of the week, you know, could have, yeah. could have meant his life. And then <laughs> the other thing, like, uh, uh, <laughs> the other thing that was weird to me, was like, I've been in Paris for like weeks at a time. Right. Like I, I took my wife to Paris and like, we both love metal shows, you know what I mean? And like, the site of the worst carnage was, like, at a concert I could have easily been at. You know what I mean? And it's like, why am I hearing those people aren't? Like, lock timing. That's it. Like, that, yeah. that's it. You know what I mean? It has nothing. And it's a, it, yeah, it's like 24. And it's also just confusing because there's, like, a, like at first I was, like, really encouraged because there was it seemed to me there was a lot more moderate Muslims going, this is BS, like, this is a joke, right? Like, we do not support this. Like, this is awful. You know, we're happy with our homes in the West and people let us practice and that's fine, you know? And I was like, that's really cool. And then you see, like, so I was, like, really hardened. I was like, oh, man, maybe we're going to get through this, right? And there was a bunch of, like, Muslim, like, uh soldiers for the United States military who were like, hey, if you need me, I'm going in. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm here. And, uh... The, but then I saw, like, Turkey during the Turkey-Greek game or uh, the football game, the soccer game, like, mm-hmm. they were asking for a moment of silence for the Paris attacks and, like, uh, the Turkish fans, like, started booing or something. And then there, Yeah, I read that. Yeah, and, and, and then, the, like, but at the same time, it's like, you don't know, like, maybe, like, in hip-hop culture, you don't do moments of silence, you cheer for someone, uh, when they've unfortunately passed away, right? And somebody was saying they were saying some phrase that like actually could have been against the attackers, but like I, you know, it's just one of those things. Like you don't know. It's not. It's scary because it it does resemble like 24 or something, but like in 24 there's like definitive endings, bad guys, and then yeah, in like a lot of these guys' weapons came from the United States because. We were like, ah, oh, we're not gonna go in and do anything about Syria. We're gonna outfit modern, uh, what was it, moderate rebels, right? And then they just, you know, it's like, hey, thanks. <laughs> like, All right, oh, yeah. like let's let's go back to Iraq with this gear. Like ISIS has been around since 2006, I, I think. And then they weren't getting any traction anywhere until, you know, we were about to go to war with uh, Assad, and then. I think we started outfitting one of their uh, rebel groups and one of those rebel groups just got kept getting guys drafted into ISIS and yeah. they were like, Oh, Hey, you know? And then, you know, we just left, we just left Iraq, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. here's the tanks. Like, here you go. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And I don't know. It, like, obviously there was a lot of things bad about entering Iraq, but like leaving was, you know, you create a vacuum and it's like, it's, you know what I mean? And then, In America, they want to do this like Bush was the bad guy or Obama was the bad guy or the Syrian free, you know, the free Syrian army was the bad guys. And it's like, no, man, it's not like a TV show like this is all bad, you know, and a lot of these people, you know, that allowed this to happen are not bad people. You know what I mean? I'm sure Obama and Bush were doing what they thought was right. You know what I mean? I I don't really believe like they're doing it to profiteer as much as people would think i'm sure there was an element of that but i also think they thought if we can profit and we can also eradicate a threat you know that'll be really cool like Mm -hmm. that that we'll be hitting two birds with one stone and they're just you know like like any industry in the world like with poker we always make fun of like how stupid people can be like world leaders are not in there because they're the most intelligent it's they are the product of their machine that got them there, you know, and that goes, yeah. that goes for the United States, that goes for Syria, that goes for Iraq, and, you know, you're serving different factions of people, and it, mm-hmm. the thing that disheartens me is we just, like, all the advances we've made, and, like, we just can't come together, you know what I mean? And this happens in the States, too. It's like, everybody's talking about, I'm part of the Latino community, I'm part of the black community, I'm part of the Islamic community, it's like, man... <laughs> We all live in America like you were born in America like we have a shared set of values like I'm not saying you're not black or Latino or anything but like the more we divide ourselves and not fight the real like evil in this world the more suffering there's going to be and it's yeah I mean I don't know man when they were (laughs) like I was watching those attacks and it's uh, I think it's on man I think there's going to be a war I think there's. Uh, I I don't think ISIS is going to stop until someone's going to just go in there and eradicate them, whether it's Russia or the United States. I I think they're – the thing people don't realize is they they are a country. They have a territory. They have commerce. Mm -hmm. They sell oil. They have made invasions into other countries. They have have garbage pickup. Mm -hmm. ISIS runs, like, sanitation services in the country – they run health care services. They do education for the youth. You know what I mean? This is a country now. You know what I mean? This is not the JV team, as Obama put it. You know, and it's uh, – and I, I don't think we're – yeah, I, I don't think these airstrikes are doing as much as people realize. And then it's like, oh, you're going to send American lives in there? And it's like, I, I don't know what to do. That's not my decision. It's like it's, – <laughs> It's just sad because it's like, well, if you don't go in there, a lot of innocent people are going to die. And if you do go in there, this could be a 30 year war, in which case a lot of people who did not contribute to this situation are going to die. So you have no you have no solution. You just you have a lot of bad options. I mean, this is to bring this back to poker or like chess. There's in a lot of different strategy games, there's a lot of times where like any move is bad for you. You just have to take the least bad move and you have to, and there'll be sometimes you're stacking seven or eight least bad moves to try to salvage something. That's all we got left right now. I think. (laughs) And like, uh, and and what do you, what do you do about the refugees? You know what I mean? It's like you, you either deny people a home, send them back to their homeland to die, or, very likely you let somebody in. Like, I mean, that's how one of these attackers came in. Apparently it was through Greece, you know, in Turkey, like the refugee center. It's like, yeah. By the way, I hope you all notice. like, I didn't mean to do this. I didn't take a position on anything. Like there was uh, – because I don't know what the answer is. Like I just – before one of you guys – yeah. Just because everybody is so easily offended by everything, I, I want to make that clear. I did not make, take a position on anything because I don't think there's an easy answer. And it really freaks me out when people act like there's an easy answer. There's a lot of that in the States right now. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we got to get boots in the ground. That's an obvious answer. Or like, well,
1: there should be no war ever. It's like, well, thank you. <laughs> like, I, 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 that sounds wonderful. I, just, I don't, I don't get like, regardless of what you do, even if you like obliterated, if you could press a button and everyone that's a member of ISIS now, right, and everyone that is connected with ISIS now, if you could press a button and they would disappear, I don't think the problem goes away. Oh like, yeah, still, no, no, no. You know, like even no. if you eliminate everyone, the command, they, their families, and everything. Give it a little bit there's another generation and other people, and not even people speak about being brainwashed and mosques. not even that then you 've got lone wolves right? right or or a group of like sleeper cells or like two three people, four people. they just sit around and go, uh you know what you want to do this like right right people it's there's bigger issues like some people are are fanatics, some people are extremists, some people are. Disenfranchised is the word that gets used a lot now you know they've nothing going for them in society and stuff like that and then some people like take religion out of it and take um like what happened in paris there that could you know it it wasn't in this case but that could have been um some guy that's lost his job yeah and has has a collection of you know gets it gets his hands on some guns and storms you know, like the guy in America that shot up everyone in the cinema wasn't, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, a Muslim or an extremist. Now, no, there's both, a lot both of are evil and psychopaths. That's the only common denominator. You know, they're, y- you'll never stop that. Right. Um, I... th- this thing about ISIS and the way it goes is, you know, the whole thing is like the momentum that they're building and uh, like any sort of, uh, you know, tribe almost sort of thing. Like it, our following, our cult, it gets like, it's amazing how quickly it can become, you know, like, whatever, and then the whole argument comes to, like, foreign policy on Syria and Iraq, and like, like you say, how you handled Iraq and stuff, but these people are living, I mean, there'll be people now living in America. Alex was saying before, uh, in Costa Rica, you know, there's mosques, there's Muslim people, you know, but he doesn't really think about the threat like that. I mean,
2: right i live Uh, in scotland i live in
1: scotland there there was an attack here like uh i think it was shortly after um that's right 2005 attacks these guys it was like a glaswegian doctor guy that three muslims or three and they they drove a car into like glasgow airport covered themselves in petrol set fire to themselves and stuff and like and the Scottish baggage handler, like, kicked one of them in the balls or something and got nice. him down. And like and the, the joke was, like, you don't try and attack Scotland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we'll, just, you know? <laughs> we'll
2: just make a wry comment yeah, and get we'll,
1: you. We'll, ju- we'll just glass you, Alex. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. just glass but, you. Well, <laughs> but the whole, the whole thing is, is, no matter what politician, it's like the Middle East, you know. How many people have tried to tackle that, like, powder oh, keg? It's just, like there's some things in life that, like, there is evil going to exist, there's violence going to exist, there is, you know, terror and whatever. And, yeah, we're talking about it now with this. Like, it's crazy when you see, like, systematic planned massacres like that. And then, I don't know, the, the difference, I think, between the the guy that's, you know, the guy that loses his job and uh, gets a, a shotgun and walks into a school... And blows away kit You know, you can't defend against these standalone incidences. The thing about ISIS not is it's saying it's a network, it's an organization. Right. It is like the mob in a sense. It's organized crime. Right. Um, like the way they do it. So you have to then say, right, where does it follow the money? Where does this go, etc., and target these people. But you still cannot defend against that one person right. that's going. I'm going to blow myself up. Right. You know. Right. Unless you shoot shoot him or her first before that happens, there is no defense against that, you know? Right. Because if someone's willing to sacrifice their life, then they can get in a... People go on about gun control and stuff. They can get in a car and drive through 50 people in the city square. Now, does that mean, oh, you can't kill as many people? Then then it's an argument, so what, one life's not worth as much as 20? You know, like that. It's like, you can... Or they can go and buy a big cleaver and mass stabbings you know like a few of them like and whatever
2: real. like what, what's yeah. going right now like just... yeah
1: don't don't get me wrong automatic weapons and explosive and stuff makes you know that but then a lot of the explosives are homemade ingredients and stuff like that so right. it's an issue that like i don't know it's just you, you almost need world leaders of every nation and you need these uh even the middle east you know saudi arabia countries like this to really come out and tackle it like collectively hot it and go like, No more of this sort of thing. But life's that's not exactly like, that's exactly
2: right. That's it. Well, Life yeah, story. that people are not gonna pay for it and people are selfish. People people are lazy yeah. and they're selfish. I don't think they're like I think they're I think a lot of people are lazy and selfish and just checked out. Uh, I I think that goes for most people on earth and that you know, and we, we can see how that comes up and I, I so something that I thought about is like when I was a kid, I it was right after the Cold War and they were really into educating us about that in the States. Right. And like my fa- my father worked in the former Soviet Union as a fisherman. So like he could tell me a lot more. But something I realized as I got older and Islamic terror be- started becoming a thing was that the communists in Russia didn't believe in an afterlife. They didn't believe in anything this was the only life they had so they weren't they weren't that likely to fire a nuclear warhead because they knew that was probably going to spell obliteration for everybody you know and yeah. i just don't if you think like after a life you're you know i i mean after this life you're going to go to a beautiful land where you will be rewarded for your martyrdom you know it doesn't matter what uh, you know, what religion that source is from, but somebody who doesn't care about this life is a lot more dangerous yeah. than what we were dealing with 20 years ago or something like that. And yeah, I think you kind of touched on it. They, like, if the United Nations was not a joke, and I, I think, I, I don't know, when they put uh, some, it, when they put like Iran on like the woman's rights. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Women's Rights uh, Committee, I, I, I just, I, I consider it a joke, right? You know, I mean, there's just a lot of, or excuse me, not Iran, Saudi Arabia, which was like, I I cannot think of a, you know, <laughs> when, when you want to talk about women's rights, you know what I mean? There's, there's countries like Pakistan. My friend just traveled to Pakistan. He was like, oh, this is a pretty, like, liberal place. My friends were Christians and atheists, and it was just open, and in a lot of places, I'm sure there's very, uh, I'm sure there's very conservative parts of Pakistan, but he sure didn't see them. And then, you know, there's like, there, there's countries that adhere more to like, well, you know, did she cheat? Stone her, you know? And then the fact like, you know, the United Nations, when they take action that they put that country on a woman's rights committee as if they have a right to an opinion, uh, I, I think that's really a joke, but if you think about it, like if Syria and Iraq, like if the United Nations, like every country had to send some percentage in, in regard to – you could come up with a formula in regards to how big their military is, what their GDP is, how their economy is doing, some number of soldiers, right? It would take a very small amount from each country and a very small expense to swarm Syria and Iraq, right? And you would not like. Well, you would have to kill the people that wouldn't want you there, but I think that wouldn't take that long. I think a lot of people would give up. I think it would save a lot of lives if you just did it really quickly. And then you don't have to take over that country, right? You could just do what the United States did with Japan and South Korea and Germany at, after those wars, which is like. And to be honest, they've overstepped a few, uh, a, a number of times here, but. They stepped up in those countries and said, like, we will help you rebuild, okay? Mm -hmm. And then those are all – those are three countries a lot of people would like to live in right now, you know what I mean? But, like, South Korea 60 years ago was not looking much different than Kenya uh, was back then, you know? And the states have largely gotten out of there, but it was one of those, like, I don't care what you do. Just don't kill each other. And we're going to hang out here and make sure that happens, right? And that's one of the things I'm proud of the states for the most. And I think the whole world could achieve that, right? It's just go to Syria and Iraq and go like, we're going to figure this out. If we have to redraw the country lines, that's fine. But no one kills anyone while we're here, all right? We have, you know, I don't know what you would call it, but it's just everybody sits here until you figure this out, and once you get this figured out, and once we set up the new borders, we're going to divide it up based on all of those. And if you can't come to a resolution, it's going to stay like this forever. All right, and then, it, and we're but if it's a very small amount of money from every part, and I think you save money on the back end because think of how much money gets paid to fight terrorism from all these different countries. You know what I mean? And it's like if you could just go to the source. And really fix it. But I mean, it's like you said, like mental illness is such a like, like, uh, I I think there was a terrorist attack in Nigeria that killed 2000 people this year. Did you hear about it? Nobody heard about it. Nobody cares. Because we're just so used to it. In the United States, there was a mass shooting every day of the year up until just shortly, uh, uh, up until just recently. And I think the way they define a mass shooting was I think it was three or more victims. Like, that doesn't mean, like, dead, but it just means, like, they got sprayed with bullets. And you think about, mm-hmm. like, nobody hears about 99% of these cases. It's just, like, are in uh, Costa Rica. Uh, there's a district my friend lives in, Hatijo. I just had to teach him where to put his kid when there's a shooting uh, because it's pretty common knowledge in the state. It's given our affinity for weapons that you just – you put the kid in a bathtub because then – like, it's much harder for a bullet to pierce that material, right? But there's been 120 murders in his, like, neighborhood in the last two weeks. Like, and it's just, like, gang warfare, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's one of those things, like, how do you figure it out? Like, it's just, it's too many people, it's not enough resources, and a lot of what's going on in the Middle East is just, <coughs> uh, I mean, a lot of it's bad management just this sectarian politics, like dividing up people and hurting others. But a lot of it is just, it's so damn hot, there's no water, and there's very few resources in a lot of this country. And it doesn't matter what you tell people, but if you look at, like, Europe and everything they have, and America and everything they have, and you look at what you have, and then you have a religious conviction that those people are evil and they're being rewarded like this, You know, you could be a Zoroastrian or whatever that old religion was in Persia. Whatever that religion is, it's going to send you over the edge. You know what I mean? If you believe you have made the right choice and yet these kafirs, these uh, infidels are, you know, just bathing in wealth, like it's going to piss you off. And you see that in a lot of – I mean you see that in a lot of different cultures, you know. I mean, and it's coming up in the States now. I mean, this whole, like, uh, I remember uh, there there was a spectator who observed, you know, the Occupy Wall Street movement is a lot like what the terrorists think, which is just these people do not deserve their wealth. And we're going to cause, you know, there was a lot of people talking about I would blow up Wall Street if I could. I was like, that kind of sounds a lot like blowing up the World Trade Centers, you yeah. know, and it's like. They were saying this on CNN and nobody went, what the f- is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. said that, you know, just Anderson Cooper sat there nodding like that was a valid viewpoint. I, it's like, no, like, you you know, like, this is what causes this jealousy and also mental illness is a real problem yes.
1: now. And it's just, I, yeah. I genuinely think a lot of social media uh, yeah. in the last like four or five years has sort of whipped up a storm as well, even like. They've all got smartphones. I yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not being funny. I saw footage of the refugees coming in, like, through that when that was all covered in, uh, like, on all the news in the UK. And they were all sitting, like, you know, I genuinely. Like, I'm not saying these. some of these people aren't really desperate. Some of these people are terrorists. That's been, you yeah, know, yeah. discussed been recently. But I saw that, like, they had smartphones and stuff. Because I remember joking, thinking, where would you get, where do you charge that? You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, obviously. Um, yeah. But, like, and I think, like you say, as the, like, more Western, Western media and culture kind of filters through on the black market to even these countries, I guarantee they are, they're all aware of, I don't know, James Bond or something, yeah, you know, yeah. like some character. And, and they'll watch some of these films. And like you say, they'll see this culture. And it's a haves and have nots thing again, you know, as well. Right, right. Um there is a lot of that as well, but um and it's a, it's a fucked up world. It and, really and,
2: is. And to wrap this up, like uh pretty because I know we've gone on a little long, I would bet the vast majority of those people, if you told them you're you know, you're in your country maybe it's not as good as many other countries, which by the way happens in a lot of the world. Like America's not as nice as many other I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of countries that have a lot of things going for it that we don't have, right? And but if you said like you can go to the cinema, you can have your ice cream, and you can have relative stability, and you can be safe, and you can trust, you can by and large trust the police and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure a lot of this, you know, a lot of these people would just, you know, if I if I could watch James Bond, but I could also pray five times a day, I'd have no problem, you know, or whatever. Whatever it is they want from the West, you know what I mean. I, I, did, I, I dated a Muslim for five years. I really got to know that culture. There, I, I was exposed to like just how moderate most of these people are. They watch Doctor Who. They, you know what I mean. They have little cultural festivals. They, they think this stuff is bizarre. You know what I mean. They just, but like they also. To, to be fair, they they don't have much to envy, you know what I mean? They're doing all right. And, like, they're, a, a lot of them were really good people that took me in. and then But there was always, like, that one dude. All, and it was always just, like, one or two, like, who would just rally them up. And I don't know what that is about people. And I think it's a human nature thing. like, And you see it now on social media, just the way they like to burn people at the stake. All cultures just love to tear people down and you know i I think when you give people more legitimacy and you go to like the area of the world that's like the cradle of life and you bring up thousands of years of politics and religious differences that's when it just brings it up you know what i mean and then whoever's the have-nots are gonna go buck wild whatever it is you know and it's uh it, it, yeah, we're seeing it now. I I I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. But, by the way, man, I'm just a poker player. Why are you bugging me with this, Barry? I don't know. what really. do.
1: Sometimes sometimes there is no solution.
2: There is no? no no. It's just a matter. It's just
1: it just is. It's like um, it's like saying, how do we stop people kill take terrorism out? Yeah. How do we stop people murdering people? You can't. No. No. You it's can't. It's going to happen. How do you stop? You know. Uh, Diseases spreading well some of them we can have vaccinations but others you can't they just you know you
2: want to hear the most american thing i'll ever say on this podcast i really do believe capitalism a lot of times is the solution there was i could see a lot of this stuff originating from china a long time ago because they were in dire poverty they were in serious poverty, right? And I'm sure a lot of them looked at the states and said, why do we slave to make crap for these people, right? And then this magic thing happened where over 20 years, 600 million people got lifted out of poverty in China. Now, was the methodology wonderful? Probably not. Um, There was a lot of horrible stuff that went on in China. But at the same time, you can't, like, they have their smartphones, they have their homes, and they have a lot of their stuff, and a lot of them, they have a better standard of life now, because capitalism also fuels, like, great, greater medical cures and stuff like that, you know what I mean? In Mother Teresa and all of her work, if you had an army of Mother Teresas, you could not lift 600 million people out of poverty. And a lot of this is just about getting people basic amenities, you know? And another thing is... And their methodology for this was horrible—the uh, one-child policy. But something that the countries do need to embrace is to get people to stop crapping out kids. Like that's really a big deal. We really need to in not we really. I was going to say enforce. That's not the right word. We really need to. <laughs> that, okay, I know. That, yeah. No, that sounds like China <laughs> right now. One chi- By the way, read this book. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, I read Magian is a great writer from China. If you want to see how horrifying that one child policy was, Uh, but uh, like you need to uh, you need to educate people on why it's a bad idea to have kids when you're 16 or 18 years old, why it might not be the greatest idea when you're 24. I mean, think about, Think of how you were, Barry, at 26, my age even, right? I, I think I have my crap together, but you're probably thinking, at 27, I didn't know anything, right? Or, uh-huh. Most people think that way, and I think it's not until you get to really like your 30 when you're like, you know what, man, I'm pretty settled down. I can, I can raise a kid now, and those kids just get much more attention. They get much more love. You're more likely to raise only a couple of them and not just – I got, you know, like all my – friends like from back home you know the reason they stay poor is they just have kids at a young age and then it's like well now it's really hard to go to night school when you're working two jobs just to buy her nappies you know what i mean and that's you know and by the way this wasn't something you were forced at gunpoint to do it's not like there aren't cheap affordable condoms out there you know what i mean and then Mm -hmm. I, i think you know if we educate if we try to lift each other up by promoting, like, you know, uh, what's the word, ethical commerce, and also just responsible parroting, I think this will do a lot of it. And, yeah, dude, they made fun of this. Uh, a woman from the left in the United States said, like, we need to go into these countries and get these people jobs and set up some. She said it in a very smarmy way, right? But, like. You know, the right was, like, freaking out. It was like they think giving the terrorists jobs is what's going to do this. And it's like, well, no, like, building up their uh, their country so, like, there is a future for them outside of joining ISIS so they can get the free Red Bull is mm-hmm. probably a good option here. We should really think about that. But, okay, we knocked this one out of the park, yeah. man. Oh, let's, my God.
1: The United- we might <laughs> – I was going to say we might put, a, a, like, a time stamp. If you don't want to hear uh, Barry and Alex talk about yeah, yeah. Uh, world peace, then go yeah. To, yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least we didn't speak such,
2: in platitudes yeah. like politicians yeah. do. Like, I don't think anybody ever should get murdered. Like, wow, you took a real yeah. position there. <laughs> this yeah. guy is brave. Like, or when they go, racism is wrong. That's my favorite one. They say that uh, like that's it, a yeah an amazing statement, like, yeah, I, really, I thought racism was pretty cool, I I like it with my weedies in the morning, what are you talking about?
1: Like, but, okay. Anyway. But then like, there's positive racism as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, like, no, no, yeah, like, positive true. Like, affirmative action, you know, is positive <laughs> yeah, racism. Yeah, that helps a lot of people, and then there's, yeah, there's, uh now we getting into the... Positive, even positive racism is negative for other people. Yeah, you know? I, so, guess I, I guess I. that's racism. true, no. <laughs> I'm I I benefit from positive. You can't leave your house. That's the that's what we're <laughs> that's big big. You that's can't leave thing. your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's do the questions because we have we have turned this into uh... this was awesome. No, no worries. No. Okay, right. Let's go, Eric. Um, should we invade a <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm joking. Yeah i'm joking uh no this no, one's from ethical. eric yeah uh this one is from eric and he's got hi guys uh, my name is eric i love the show and i've listened to every episode two to three times wow um thank you a, a little bit about me uh i am from new york and play six max cash games uh currently on america's Cardroom. yeah i hope you signed up for your account via us um, I have started a bankroll challenge starting at 5 NL with the end goal being uh, regular at 100 NL. I've been playing poker for over 10 years live and online at different sites, so I understand the basics. My question is, what advice would you give to someone like me? I have a rake-back deal with ACR to also help build the role. I have a full-time job, so I'm playing three to four hours a night. And five to six hours on weekends. Any extra tips would be helpful. Also, big shout out to another podcast listener, Sky, who has an awesome poker blog at smartpokerstudy.com. dot Is doing uh, also doing a backroll challenge himself. Finally, Barry, I always laugh when you say the one hundred and eighty man's. He sounds like <laughs> he, 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 he sounds like he should be a Jamaican reggae artist. <laughs> Thank you for answering my question. I never realized that. Everybody Uh, says 180. Podcast rolling. Yeah, I say 180 months. Yeah. People say 180.
2: I'm doing the old man stuff now where I put the in front of everything. Like, my wife is watching some god awful show on Netflix called Rain. And it was like, I'm like, are you going to watch the rain tonight? And then she was (laughs) like, laughing her ass off. Okay, old man. You know what Mm. I mean? Like,
1: yeah, I say uh, I say the 180 months. Yeah. yeah. By the
2: way, I don't. I hope this is okay. Like, we we get paid like a stipend to like do obviously when we're advertising through America's Card Room. But I like largely like I I like I okay like Barry needs to get paid. So I was like Barry, this is your money. And then I was like, oh okay, we'll do the rake back here and we'll do this something. I just I never told you about this, but like I did the math and I'm like okay. That'll like equal out, and I I realized I didn't carry a number, so I'm like, just like, oh okay, Barry, here's all the money, <laughs> like, and I'll take like the the whatever, like I don't know what the rake back thing just might. By the way, I don't care. Barry does all the work on this. I show up and I drink an energy drink and I yell vitriol, and he he cuts out all my racist
1: rants, and you know we move. So uh, on. I save them in a separate file for blackmail. At the end, you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and, uh, 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 Felix, uh, eh, el cocherito arenando, uh, eh, sorry, my, my dog just peed and I'm uh, trying to get my assistant not to, not to stand on it. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Some advice for like moving up the stakes in general. Well, you and Sky are doing some things I really like, which is, I I mean, you guys are just like – you guys are just focused, which is like I – a lot of you guys write me in. It's like, hey, these are my notes from the show, and I'm like, this is what I tell everybody to do. It's like a lot of this stuff I'm saying is not like – it's not like easy to come by, you know what I mean? Like for me to have learned a lot of those things, there was a lot of times like I would be at a live event and I would meet a guy I didn't really like that much, but he was fantastic at poker, right? And he wanted to hang out with me for whatever reason. And I would have to put up with his crap. And there was like sometimes like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I would have to be the sober one at the strip club to make sure he didn't lose all his money and stuff like that. And I would put up with that stuff for like six hours just to sometimes talk with this guy about MTTs for 20 minutes. You know what I mean? And when I'm giving you plays off my playbook, a lot of times they were earned through that are like 20 hours of, analysis of me hitting my head against the wall and you're just writing them down. That's exactly what you want to do. And every day, you just want to make sure you're gathering some information. Now, this is something I've never really thought of, but like just gathering information can become addictive. Like I read all the time. Now, do I do anything about a lot of the stuff I read? Not really. A lot of times I just, you know, I read and I want to, you know, I want, I want my pipe and slippers as uh, Barry would say. And I'm just, I'm not really doing anything with the information I gather. If I really wanted to do something with the information I gather, I did this the other day with a book I was enjoying uh, that was really just about a guy's view on life. I started writing down notes. Now, you gather the information, you've got to write down notes. You've got to put it into your own words. This helps you engrave it a bit in your mind. And uh, when you get to this point, uh, when you get to this point, you'll have a bunch of notes. Now, Here's the thing. You probably have a bunch of notes and you go to play and you're like, "Okay, I'm going to move up to 100 NL if I just play real solid. Well, research shows like, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to improve. A lot of people have driven. They always use uh, that 10,000 hour rule. Like if you do anything for 10,000 hours, you'll gain mastery. There's a lot of people in Costa Rica that have driven 10,000 hours and still do not know how a turn signal works. So I don't I don't really think that works. And uh, it, what they've proven is you've got to reach for something that's just outside of your comfort zone. Right. So, like, let's say you take a bunch of notes and you find out, break it from the biggest, uh, the biggest topics down to the smallest. And the biggest topics are just going to be like, what do you raise with? Uh, what do you come into the pot with? And I always think it's a little bit bit better to be a little tighter. But, like, you start with stuff like that, or, like, what boards do I continuation bet? What players do I continuation bet? What times do I check back to balance a little bit? And balancing is a big part of 6-max cash. Like, uh, not that I've really played cash for a living for years, uh, just because the players are way better. By the way, up to 100 NL on, uh, America's card room is super soft, so you'll have a real good time, but 200 NL, you start getting some rags, but that that's a great goal to move up to 100 NL. There's a lot of guys who just limp and lose everything, but yeah, you just take your notes and you start trying to break it down into topics. And if a guy like really mapped it out for you, try to put it into a sticky note. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna continuation bet these boards. Uh, you know, are I'm gonna continuation bet because generally. Uh, people miss and I'm looking for this statistic and I'm also looking at his check rate statistic and, you know just try to put it you want to look at all your notes read all your notes and see if you can break it down into like a sticky note you know what I mean uh, like the this is how you learn anything by the way right like uh, the Sora said to me I looked the most comfortable in my first rap battle as anyone he'd ever seen and That wasn't because, like, I was really prepared for it or, like, I'd done a lot of that, like, before. Like, I'd never – like, we'd freestyle at a bus stop for, like, eight people, but, like, that that would last, like, 20 seconds. That was much different than YouTube for 20,000 people. But, like, just the way I learned is I would study and I would break it down into as small of uh, notes as I could, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, okay, this is – Uh, like, uh, like what, try to find something that the minimum effective dose is something I've been talking with sky about. Right. So like, what is the thing that is going to give you, uh, the largest result for the smallest input. And like the one with poker is like just good opening ranges, like just being really solid with your opening ranges and not c betting when you have no idea why you're doing it. And then you just build on top of that. And for my first battle, I was like, well, okay, my memorization is kind of crap. My, uh, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I was like, but I realized punchlines are really easy to write, and they get a huge reaction from newer fans, right? If I watch like a newer market, I notice a punchline would get way more of a reaction than like a very intricate scheme. And I think that really hurt – I think that really kind of hurt like the source and the proceedings. Cause he was doing like a real, he was a, he's a rapper. He's a real MC. And he was like doing some pretty like intricate stuff, but those guys kind of went for a comedy roast. So I just played to it. You know what I mean? I made really easy to memorize punchlines that got the crowd fired up. And it sounded like, Hey, this guy knows what he's doing when that was certainly not true, you know? And then you can build from that, you know? And it's just like this with anything in life. Uh, uh, I was reading about Timothy Ferris, a favorite of Barry Chalmers and I. Uh, he wanted to learn how to do the tango in uh, Argentina. And uh, he found there was one move that the judges loved that just dizzied people. And he could do it really easily because of a background he had in break dancing when he was a kid. So he made his routine very based on that move. And he got up. I think he's the only. Excuse me, guys. I got to. <coughs> I kept trying to clear my voice while I was talking, but I couldn't find a way to do it <laughs> and clear my throat. Excuse me. And then, uh, and he made a routine based like that. And then, bam! Like he'd learned tango for nine months, and now he's the only record holder in tango uh, who's an American. So that minimum effective dose is really important. And you do that by just creating new ones all the time, creating your prescription, making new sticky notes. You know what I mean? And then you go from like opening and betting to double barreling. What do you look for in double barreling? Find every time you've seen some guy double barrel. Write, write down all your notes and then try to make it a sticky note. Try to make it something and then just focus on that that day. And then analyze. At the end of the day, watch every double barrel you did and go, why did this not work? Why did this... And by the way, if you make mistakes, that's great. That's how you learn. I can't tell you how many times I watch a handister of mine and go, oops, like that wasn't good. But the more I expose myself to that, and there's a lot of times like the 10th time I make a mistake, it's usually uh, it, I will not make the same mistake five, 10 times. Right. I will get much better at it. And if I do keep doing it, it's because I'm not like reassessing and stuff like that. Every day have some reason you're grinding. This also makes the grind much more fun. Uh, to me, as cheesy as this sounds, it's a, it makes it more of an adventure. You know what I mean? It's, you really uh, – just like Michael Jordan was never satisfied with his game, you should re- always be trying to improve your game. You should never go in – if you're looking to better yourself through poker – I think one way you can do that is teaching yourself how to learn in the face of adversity. And poker is a wonderful test of that every single day. You can better yourself every single day, win or lose. But if you're just trying to make money, you're going to have many days you are frustrated.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I always joke about when I was at university, bullet points got me through. That's how I study. It's like, it's true. Break everything down and just write it in bullet points because that way you under like understanding is more important right. than like memorizing it, you know. Because from understanding, you could literally sometimes write one or two keywords and yeah. sense your brain on it, like, oh yeah, I remember all that, you know, like stuff. That's exactly. And, uh, that's exactly right. Know, no, and it's uh, going back to the the one eighty man's blood, one hundred eighty man. Yeah, on, don't, yeah. Don't change when I when I go like when I was playing that it's more about like my thing was the opening like alex it was my opening chart uh in this position with this many blinds then you know i open here or i shove when you get down to the end game like last two tables or whatever it was all just push fold and then that i genuinely say if you studied that chart but like down and memorized it or even sat playing it you know if you were only playing one table and literally followed you know just that uh, you could you could definitely make money, you know, yeah. from just push fold uh, in those games. So yeah, it's sometimes people want to make things more technical and you know and more complicated than they are, right. like poker and trading. And rather than like what Alex says, the minimum effective dose, breaking it down to. What is a raise? Okay, it's a hand that I'm literally going to put more investment in. You know, like that. Right. Why am I putting more investment in this other than this other hand and stuff? And, um, yeah, sticky notes and bullet points for, for anything in life, you know. Well, is, is uh, the way
2: if I could extrapolate this, this is what Barry's talking about, those charts that he's using. Those are hands where you, you just know, it, like, whatever range the guy is playing – Uh, he's going to lose, right? And uh, that's pretty much all my game is, is finding spots like that. Of course, it gets much more complicated once you get to flops and stuff, and you're combining two cards with three cards, right? Or four cards or five, but, you know, it's pretty easy to find, like, relatively, compared to how much uh, money there is in poker compared to other industries, it's pretty easy to find the answers. It's just... You know what's a huge pain in the ass, Barry, is, like, I'm sitting around, like, I'm writing this book, and, like, I, I just sit at my computer for 10 hours, like, doing card runner ZV counts, and, like, is that something I really enjoy? Not particularly. I don't mind having the radio on and sipping coffee and doing this. It's enjoyable, but I'd much rather, like, I, I would much rather, like, uh, go play like some sport or something, you know what I mean? Even if I'm really bad at the sport, I'd much rather be moving around outside or something like that. But this is what, but I have to sit at the computer all day. Like that's just one of the things I do. And then, you know, it, it's a real pain, but then there will come a day. Like when I play poker now, I'm so much more relaxed because it's very hard to find a situation I have not studied for. Right. Now, but most people don't want to put in, like, God, what was... I, I don't want to say 10 years to for what that took me to get, because as far as, like, hardcore study, it was probably, like, four or five. The first five years of my career, it was just total field game, no HUD, making money that way, right? And there was a lot of money to be made then. But, like, uh, it, it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people just don't want to put the work in. But guys like uh, this person who wrote in I I forgot his name what's his name he's from New York Eric Eric. Eric. my bad my bad Eric and uh uh the things like Eric and Sky do like just really applying themselves that that's the kind of stuff in a couple years you're going to start feeling really comfortable at the table and if you feel uncomfortable that's good you just go home and check it out look it up try to figure
1: it out and you'll get better then yeah good luck to all of you yeah, and Eric, Skye has actually emailed in again. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, thanks, Skye. <laughs> uh, we gave him a shout but we'll get to his question uh, after the next one. So, Eric, yeah, I uh, hope that gives you some pointers. Uh, the next question is from, wow, another regular, actually, Chase. Uh cool. Hello friends, uh, Alex, I am dedicating myself to study harder than ever. My typical study is six to 10 hours per week nice. of card runners, videos, hand history review, leak finding, etc. However, I want to be on the cutting edge in exploring deeper poker theory using the latest study tool programs and up in my weekly study time. Alex, um, what study tools would you recommend me getting started with? And which should I be progressing to? Also, which ones have a higher ceiling in terms of how much you can get out of the program? Thanks for all you do for me and others. Chase Bianchi.
2: I, the two pro- prog- uh, the programs that really came to mind uh, were Flopzilla and Card Runners Z V. This is what I spend the bulk of my time with. And Flopzilla is wonderful just for like visualizing ranges. Uh, Flopzilla is kind of like the training wheels for Cardrunner ZV. All Cardrunner ZV is, is taking a bunch of Flopzilla analyses. And, uh, by the way, I think that's a word because I've heard very, I've heard math types use that word, but every time I type it into any word processor, they go, this is not a word. So anyway, guys, I could just be making up crap because I think I'm Shakespeare and I can just invent the English language. But anyway, uh, Somebody could have be would me, but there's like, like Flopzilla is really good for like visualizing what percentage of the time, what guy has something right. And that's really good for, well, my bet needs to work this percentage of the time. Will it work that percentage of the time? Well, he has this, this percentage of the time, yada, yada. That's really good. I call that the shorthand method, which is if I need an answer on like a double barrel or a call pretty quickly, Flopzilla is much faster. And it'll also just help you like look at a bunch of different ranges and count the number of combinations. That's really important. Count the combos, take a look at It's like, because I cannot tell you how many times somebody will call somebody and they'll be like, I, I thought he could have this flush. I was like, sweet. That's seven combos versus the 93 pair combos he had. What are you doing? You know? And then they they're like, they have never heard of this, by the way. Everybody who says, like, poker has gotten too hard, that is BS. Everybody is so lazy. And, like, I I even think about that myself. There's a lot of times, like, I'm writing this book, I find something new, and I'm like, how do I not know this? I should have known this when I was 12. Like, this is so basic. You know what I mean? We all don't work hard enough. You know what I mean? And then one of the ways we don't work hard enough is we just save things, you know, and then we don't test them. Anytime somebody says something – I want, you you got to have a real discerning ear. Just go, do I know that for a fact and try to work it out on Flopzilla. Splitsuit has a wonderful video on Flopzilla. at uh uh just just google Splitsuit Flopzilla. It's a wonderful introductory video. It's uh and uh by the way, Splitsuit just came out with a series called How to Study, which is the name of my series on card runners, but
1: eh, it's all right, bro. I see you.
2: I assume, it's a, I, I, I assume it's an accident. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't I, – if I was one of those guys that got uptight about that, I, I thought I was trying to find a way I could make a joke about it, but then I was like, ah, this, this will always look like I'm giving him a hard time. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and then the other method uh, – oh, also be sure to check out on Card Runners. You can use promo code free month all capital letters to get two months access to 2000 plus videos for just $30 on card runners. But no, you can't. That gives you 80% <laughs> off. But I have a lot of videos about to come out about using flopzilla and card runners EV to analyze hands. And I think I, a lot of people actually tell me this is interesting. Like, uh, fans will be like, why do you use card runners EV and flopzilla? You could just talk about poker on your, uh, on your videos. And I'm like, well, what good is that going to do anybody? You, you know what I mean? If I just spew out what the answer is and don't tell you what, how to get to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a case. I had like two videos in a row. I butchered something on card Runners EV and I ended up having to take the video off the side and redo it. And it was uh, totally my fault, by the way, I was doing it too fast uh, because I was on a bit of a timeline. Uh, and then uh, I, I, I was on a, Time crunch, uh deadline, excuse me. And then uh you know, people are like, Why do you even bother with that stuff? It's complicated and a lot of people don't get it, and it's like, this is what's gonna get you there. You know what I mean? This is and start with Card Runner's E V start with very short stack scenarios, stuff like uh you have eight big blinds, somebody raises. Uh, what can you call with out of the big blind? Set up a very stupid hero, like Hero jams all in on the flop with any pair and folds out of position to no action uh, if he misses, right? If that guy can turn a profit by calling, pretty much anybody can, right? Set up these very short stack, very basic Card Runners EV calcs. Uh, there's videos on Card Runners that show you how to do it. I do believe if you Google it, there's other videos about it. If you buy the program, there's a lot of free videos on the site. The guy, I know the guy who made the program. He's a very intelligent, very nice guy, and he's, a, he's done a very good job of explaining it. He also has a very authoritative European accent. I think it's Dutch or German. I'm not sure which one, but I feel like I'm getting smarter the more I listen to it. So I'm like, this, uh, <laughs> this sounds like how you would speak English if you were educated. <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, it, like, start with those very simple situations and think of a play that nobody does, right? Like one that I found is a slam dunk play is to call and jam on most boards with your, like your 9X, 10X, 11X stack. As opposed to rejam, and you have a hand that's good enough to rejam, almost always if you flat and jam the flop, you make a higher profitability. That was something I figured out with Card Runners EV, right? That's an example. And uh, one I did was on a cap board. Uh, I, I mean, like the possibilities just become endless. There was one where like the board came seven six four two hearts, and I set the guy's range as absolutely for sure. I know he calls with, uh, he, ra- excuse me. He raises with a set. He raises with a flush draw. He raises with two pair and he raises with a combo draw. And then my question was, can I fire any two cards on the turn and river and turn a profit? If I know that's his range, right? And if by the river he's calling with, I think I had him calling with some third pairs was where I drew the line, which I thought was very generous. And that's going to come out on card runners. And what I found out was it was profitable to barrel on that cat board and stuff like that really just expands your understanding uh, as far as how to play the game. And if you have this to back you up, by the way, if a lot of you guys are looking for backers, backers want to know you put in the work. If they see you do a dubious play and you go, well, hold on, let me show you how to use card runners. EV. And we'll figure this out, right? You don't even have to be right. At the end, you, you could have been wrong and just go, you know what, you know, you know, what? I was wrong. I'll, probably the guy's going to be going, I don't know how to use this. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, this guy's a little smarter than me. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to release him right now. And if you are right, it shows like, hey, look, I put in the work, and uh, I, I knew this was a good play. And the other nine of your horses that are not doing this play and just made fun of me in the group chat and got you to come and try to give me a hard time, they're idiots, and you should cut them and invest your money in me. And a lot of them, you shouldn't say it like that, but a lot of guys are going to go, eh, yeah, uh, you might have a point. Like, uh, you might be the guy I'm moving up, and uh, when it comes time to trim, uh, time to thin out the herd, you're not going to be on the front list because it looks like you're actually thinking about it. And uh, also it's important just to study other – there's a culture to this, like studying other like strategy games and seeing like how people broke those down. Moneyball was a fascinating book showing how they broke down baseball into like real mathematical models. Uh, The Art of Learning by Josh Whiteskin. I don't know how you – it would be pretty funny if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, but I, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but like, it's a, that's a fascinating book. Just talking about his journey through, uh, learning martial arts and, you know, becoming like a master martial artist, uh, championship winning martial artist and being a championship winning chess master. Uh, one of the youngest chess masters there ever was. Right. He like reading this kind of stuff is very invigorating and motivating and it should be really part of your diet, uh, every day. You are what you feed your mind. And I, I, I love those books, Barry. Like we talk about them on the show, like freaking yeah. and stuff like that. They're just, you know, it's really just breaking down everything in life. And then, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, sorry, there's somebody at the front of my house. I'm trying but I I'm thinking of writing a book. I want to write this book called gambling my way out. And it would just be a collection of stories mm. of like how I use gambling principles to like improve my life. And uh because there's some fascinating ones out there, right? Like it, it just things you would never like, you would think you would apply like gambling theory too. You know what I mean? And I, I, I thought that would be like really fun. Like one thing I thought of the other day, let's say, let, let let's what's something you fail at constantly. Uh, let's say when you're a single guy and you're like trying to like talk to a girl and get her phone number. Right. And let's say you do that like one time out of a hundred years successful, which would be a horrible rate. Right. Well, it's like getting through the failures is now super important. You know what I mean? You should actually be happy for that failure because it's going to get you further to your quota and then it's eventually going to get you the result that you desire, right? And then there's a lot of times, like, uh, I remember, like, being young, and I was, like, super shy, and I'd be like, how is that guy with that girl, right? Well, his batting average, his ROI was a lot lower, but, like, he, that guy put in volume, you know what I mean? When When we went to the bar, he dressed nicer, he put on cologne, he didn't drink that much, he was polite, and... He would have some raunchier jokes or whatever, but he was just much more amicable and much more forthcoming and much better. And then he had a much better social life because he just saw it as a
1: numbers game. He was Barry Chalmers. He was Barry Chalmers. He
2: was <laughs> he was the Mag daddy of them all, the the, the Sultan I'm, of I'm Scotland. Not fucking
1: joking. <laughs> <laughs> the <Yeah>. Mag Daddy. <laughs>
2: then the, the, then there was my strategy as a youth, which was be plastered and see what happens. And uh, <laughs> that that one didn't work
1: out so well. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, all right, next question. Okay, last question for the day, and oh. it is from Sky. Um, uh, We gave him a shout-out on last week's show, and because he is such a you know avid listener and note-taker, he'd listen to it. I mean, I got this email from him like two days or a day, maybe even after I'd released the last podcast. So uh, here goes. Uh, Barry and Alex, thank you guys so much for the shout-out in the last week's podcast. My website is smartpokerstudy.com. Check that And out. I agree- Everything. Yeah, and I, I I appreciate you allowing me to mention it on your show. I invite the listeners of the One Outer podcast to visit a special landing page I made for them. Uh, now I've not looked at this yet, so uh, because it wasn't it wasn't live <laughs> it, at the time. It, it, it could just be a white supremacist site for while yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've not looked at it yet because he said it wasn't I, I, live I at the have. Time. It, 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 but it, it will very, be live. Okay, so right. he's got. I made a special landing page for the listeners of One so thanks, you know, thanks for myself, you know, and obviously Alex as well for that. Uh, and that's at smartpokerstudy.com/oneouter. O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R. have got a short welcome message there, a free offer for my Ultimate Poker Resource Guide, and a link to a review of one of Alex's training videos and to a review of one of his webinars. Hopefully, these reviews uh, will give your listeners more information uh, about. Uh, alex's products Um, and where are we here are a few related questions for alex i noticed on your sunday twitch stream you didn't have a hud up for poker stars or full tilt will their new policy changes regarding huds force you to play on other sites more than you do now how profitable can you be without a hud on stars and full tilt you didn't have a hud up for acr as well so are you practicing playing without the hud take care sky
2: Uh, my my hold a manager freaked out on me and I couldn't figure out how to get it back up. So I wish I could tell you this was something I planned, but it it wasn't really. It was just my, it it, it was like, you can either miss a bunch of hands trying to fix this out, or you can just play like generalized ranges, like estimate ranges. And I knew a bunch of the players at the important table. So I said, okay, I'm going to let it ride, but I hate playing without a HUD. I really do not enjoy playing without a HUD. And by the way, Sky, thank you for setting up the website and setting up uh, the reviews. I read the reviews. They were very kind to me. I really appreciate that. That does help. All that stuff helps, guys. Thank you so much. And then, uh, yeah, I I don't think... A lot of people say, like, you should play without a HUD sometimes. I've never really understood that. You can, like... Just disregard the HUD sometimes if you want to see how that works. But just to not have it, I think, is pretty weird a lot of the time. You can still be pretty profitable without a HUD. I don't think like Artie Carson or Flush Entity uses a HUD. And like they're obviously very successful players. But there's, you know, on the opposite side of that spectrum, is, you know, there's Strung Out 1, there's Cal 42688. Those guys, like, really hammer the HUD. A lot of, like, those really good German regs who aren't nearly as vocal, uh, they use the HUD quite a bit. I'm sure if they talked about it more, like, people would realize how powerful the HUD is, but many of them do not. So I I think it's... Uh, po- the changes with PokerStars and Full Tilt, I was really kind of... I, I was really kind of confused by some of the changes they made us do, which was... They just didn't want color coding a lot, a lot of the time because they thought that was just too powerful. And I, I, I was thinking, I really don't pay attention to the colors all that much. You know what I mean? Like uh, I look at the number and try to ask what that means. If I can keep the number, I can assign a color in my head to it if I so desire. But uh, I, I, I don't know. That was that's pretty much what they made us cut the timing tells. Uh, that was pretty much it. We still have the HUD on uh, Poker Stars and Full Tilt, and it's very... Uh, it, it, it's still very effective. I like it. Oh, they made us cut the badges as well. But uh, some people, you know, you can get all the same information if you just put a little work in and uh, read about what each number means. And then that's pretty... That If you can do that, you don't need the badges or the colors anyway. So it's not like they've just made you work a little bit harder. This is just, I I think this is just a process. I think PokerStars eventually wants to get rid of poker software. I think they would like it if everybody was a very small winner or loser on their site, and they just kept getting raked forever. Uh, And I think one way to, like, even the playing field and make sure nobody cashes out a lot of money is to get rid of the software. So, like, because if you think about it, like they say they're protecting players, they have done nothing. They have done nothing. There is no read I was making before I can't make now, except for timing towels. That's it, right? That's the only thing they t- effectively got rid of. What they did was very. Uh, it, it's very clear. I don't think they have like a consultant like May working with them. I think they like they think that's an unworthy expense. They, uh, like they'd ever hire me anyway, but like they didn't hire one poker player cause they do this new thing now, which is a huge pain in the ass and is completely stupid, which is you can't have card runner ZV open when poker stars is open. Right. And I understand that with like flopzilla because fl- flopzilla, you could be piecing out the range. Right. And even then it would be very difficult. I don't think a lot of people could do it past like a flop. Right. But, uh, if anyone's ever done a card runner's ev calc you're probably laughing your ass off at the thought of trying to do one while playing a hand it just takes way too long it's not gonna happen you know what i mean so like i i I guess there could be extremely simple situations but most of those are already solved by a shove fold chart which you could just have up on your computer anyway so it's a very arbitrary change that sounds like they're doing something. So it, it feeds a lot of these, you know, these hacks that call themselves regs who say, like, oh, the only reason I don't make money anymore is because of the statistic tracking software, or it's because you don't work, or it's because you suck at poker. I don't, I don't know. I'm just I'm venturing a guess out here. It, it could be because you sit around and smoke weed all day, and, you know, uh, you consider being able to a supply... Uh, Cheerios to your bucket uh, as being a professional poker player I I don't think you're a pro and I I don't think you belong in this conversation because any pro I know who can expand their game has done so Uh, if you don't want it to be expanded it's just it doesn't make sense to me it's like when long distance runners complain about altitude training it's like well that's a completely legal edge you can get and I think that's part of the process if it you know, I'm, I know it costs something, but it, you can't act like if you didn't have the money, you wouldn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Or if you didn't have the time and the focus, you wouldn't do, want to do it. Does that make it an even playing field? No, I'm sorry. That's not how life works. You know, you're just going to have to compensate in some other way. And a lot of people are just trying to compensate by doing these ridiculous things. But yeah, uh, a lot of the stuff that they cut uh, doesn't really affect at all. And by the way, be looking out for my book by DMB Publishing. Uh, we're gonna try to get it out as soon as we can. Uh, uh, we have like a time; it's not gonna come out uh, very late. But I walk through every statistic on the HUD in that book and talk about what each one of it means, uh, each number means. If I just release that chapter, I think it would be worth the price tag. It is so devastating. To a lot of different players uh, who just have these glaring leaks and don't want to accommodate, uh, do not want to compensate for them, do not want to change their
1: game. Uh, look for that; it's going to be really effective. Okay, and yes, yeah, Sky. Thanks again. While Alex was answering you there, I quickly pasted the link just to check it wasn't a link to white supremacists or <laughs> you know, uh, stuff like that. And. Uh, yeah it looks all good there's a one hour welcome video and stuff it looks like you put a lot of work in your site uh, good luck with your with your site and everything you're doing and um, if you do want us to mention the site again though on a future podcast you are gonna need to pay us something <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> we take checks PayPal cash and uh, yeah, we got billion, it we got it like that yeah uh, okay Alex how can people get in touch with you for further coaching in-depth deals and all the good stuff, all your good products out there. If you guys want to help me, the most uh, helpful thing
2: you could do uh, that costs you nothing is go to pokerheadrush.com and just sign up for our email list. Uh, that That's really what we're going to be focusing on. We have articles come out like a week before. Like you get them for a whole week before everybody else in that email list. So sign up for it through that. And uh, check out PokerEdWish.com. That's where there's all the blogs, trip reports, strategy articles, battle rap videos, a lot of fun stuff, book reviews, movie reviews. Ah, oh, we didn't do movie reviews today, man. Oh, oh my we, God. Did,
1: we, did, we did world terrorism reviews. Yeah, right. yeah, we
2: did world terrorism reviews. <laughs> Speaking of violence, Event Horizon is amazing. Now, anyway. I've actually
1: bookmarked that to, to watch it because I've never seen it and I saw you post something it. Oh about my God, it's incredible. It, it was one of these ones that um, I remember it coming out and I didn't yeah. you know, like, hire it and then... I never went back to it, but I will. I will.
2: Remember, yeah, that was a big deal when it came out. Remember, yeah, like, people, yeah, People yeah. were like, "What is this?" Like this, uh-huh. and then it had all these amazing actors in it, and they couldn't figure out why. Like, why would anyone do this movie? Yeah, uh, Event Horizon. Check it out. That's part of my plugs. You know, check out this <laughs> check out yeah. this movie. That's 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. an, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, write me at assassinatochichi at gmail dot com. If you have questions about anything uh it's me doing the emails now, so you will be talking to me uh i'll talk I'll respond it usually takes me a day or two or so, at most three days to respond, but I get back to everyone that pretty much everyone if you if you write me in asking for money, I might not respond to you sorry, but uh that's me out there. Nah. <laughs> 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 uh, then uh like uh yeah, if you have questions about uh lessons or anything like that. We got a lot of lesson deals going out right now. Uh, It's $210 now for an expanded lesson. It used to be 60 minutes. Now it's 75 minutes and you get like a full database review with like follow-up, like I'll use my webinars as like follow-up lessons. So it's like, Oh, you struggle because I focus my webinars on the most common leaks. And if you have one of those leaks, I'll send the webinar to you for free. Uh, as part of this expanded lesson package, and you can just you'll essentially get like five hours of consultation for the price of one. Uh, with a lot of these deals, sometimes like nine or thirteen hours or something. Ask me if you want deals on any software. Or, you know, if you pay for a lesson, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty chill about that. And uh, we also have handout reviews, 150 an hour for if you and a group of buddies want to get together uh, for like five people. Uh, it's two hundred dollars, so it's forty dollars for each person. And uh, yeah, just you know, write me in about any anything in general. Be sure to tell somebody about this podcast. Follow me on Twitch TV slash The Assassinato, and uh, you know, be sure to favorite that so you get a notification every time we're streaming. You subscribe to that for five dollars, you get. I mean, in the old days, to watch uh, like a high six MT tier play deep and explain his thought process, that costs hundreds of dollars. Now it's just $5 a month. There's videos like you get every stream we have for 60 days and there's just tons of final tables on there. There's like a $12 turbo. I won the million dollar poker Sunday. I final tabled, uh, the hundred rebuy. I won just stuff like that. Tons of final tables, tons of really fun sweats and everything. And, uh, also follow me on Twitter at the assassin and, uh, yeah, uh, be sure to be watching out for my, uh, my battle. My battle's coming out probably this week, depending on how long it takes us to get the subtitles on there. It looks pretty nice right now. It's, uh, we got some high-quality cameras in it. It just, it's really cool. It, it, the angle was really good for this battle. Like, you see the wall of fame for this Obama-commended gym, and there's just all the pictures of the old fighters there. And we're just battling right in front of that, in front of a crowd. It's like, oh, God, it was so cool, right? And then, uh, yeah, you know, you guys got to turn it off before I choke. But, you know, it, it'll look really cool up until that moment. But, uh, yeah, it's a I – think, I think that – oh, yeah, and sign up for America's card room. Get 27% breakback, do not All you got to do is click on the link. Do not put another promo code because if you do that, it tags you to another affiliate, and then I can't help you. And then after you do that, write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com. Say, hey, I signed up. I deposited. Here's my sign in name. Here's my email. I'll just write them an email. And within about five days, you should get a free copy of your choice of You Flat Too Much. That's a Check Race Fool Dissecting the Dog Bet or Why Posegna Was Right. Just a gift from me to you for signing up. And then, uh, yeah, guys, I uh, th-
1: think that's pretty much it. Okay, and uh, just to touch on what Alex said about joining his mailing list, I'm part of Alex's mailing list as well, and I I received an email. Actually, I received it a few times because a few of my email addresses are on your list. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it was like, but the the last one was titled, let me just get it right. So I actually got the email still up, Advice for Large Field MTTs. And it was a nice little article with, again, bullet points, uh, my favorite. Um, so yeah, lots of pointers on dealing with large tournaments, which a lot I know a lot of you guys that listen uh, send that question in quite regularly and stuff. So yeah, go and join up for the um, the mailing list and get get stuff like that. So pokerheadrush. Uh, to sign up for Alex's mailing list. And sh- uh, if you want, co- oh sorry, sorry, well, sorry I, you go out. No, uh,
2: you go. No, shout out to Sky. He put together the notes from this app uh, from uh, this. He just listened to me and he just like took notes and he sent it to me. I was like, oh, I can just punch this up and make it a free article. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, so thanks, yeah, uh, guys Ghost, Ghostwriter Sky credit. Um. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you want questions for Alex next show, send them into questions at oneouter.com. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group facebook.com/groups/oneouter. Until the next time, uh, we'll see you all then. Everybody stay safe and keep your questions coming in.
0: Cheers. Cheers make room at your Thanksgiving table this November because America's card room is coming over and we're bringing over 2.5 million dollars guaranteed from November 27th to December 6th you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 27 cents and the best part OSS 5 has over 2.5 million dollars in prize pools including the 1 million dollar guaranteed million dollar sunday tournament you'll find satellites feeding into every single event including the a $1 million tourney only at America's Card Room.